0: Welcome to Case Closed, the Contingency Fee Podcast. On the show, our team of industry experts interviews contingency fee attorneys. You will discover everything from how they got started to the secrets of their success and what's working in today's marketplace. And now, here's the Case Closed Podcast.
1: Good afternoon. We're having another uh, session of uh, Case Closed. Uh, so everyone, meet Kellen Kellen Sinclair. Tell everyone on this video uh, your background.
2: Um, sure, I um, I'm an attorney, practicing attorney in California, based out of Fair Oaks, which is a suburb just outside of Sacramento. I've been practicing for about nine years, um, originally from the Bay Area. Went to school at UCLA for undergrad and went to law school at McGeorge up here in Sacramento. And then after I graduated law school, I just started practicing in the Sacramento area.
1: And what type of law do you practice?
2: Uh, Exclusively personal injury. So dog bites, car accidents, slip and falls, wrongful deaths.
1: What is the uh, biggest dollar value case you've had so far in your nine years?
2: The biggest one I had was a $4 million case against a, a major public utilities company.
1: Well, what is the most interesting case you've had?
2: The most interesting one would have to be, oddly enough, a trip and fall case where I had a client who went out to dinner with his wife. It was a um, it was like their 30 year wedding anniversary. So they go out to dinner. They had a nice dinner, walks back to his car and he's walking through like a, an improved portion of a sidewalk that was landscaped and tripped on a piece of rebar that was about the size of my arm length. Middle of the night, this person had a history of, of falls and prior concussions, had a concussion in this case. And um, they were just the nicest people. And there could have been disputes every which way about whether or not he even fell that night. No one witnessed it other than than him, the person who fell. And ultimately it was a million dollar settlement. It was a policy limit case just based on just the preparation with the client and people believed him. They believed his wife and just the nicest people because a lot of, you know, disputes could have arose, but that was uh, an interesting one for me.
1: What's the best advice you've ever gotten from anybody and who gave it to you?
2: One of the best pieces of advice that I ever got was uh, actually from my dad, who would say the most important part about working. Just I was like, Dad, what, what do you got to be a good worker? He said, Just showing up, just being present and being there. Don't call in sick, don't come up with excuses, but just show up.
1: What's the best piece of advice you've given attorneys who are just starting?
2: I would say listen, because most people think being a lawyer is arguing and talking a lot. And I actually think it's listening is the best thing because you miss a lot of good things when you're not listening and when you're talking. So that's usually what I tell people is that you got to be a good listener.
1: What's the toughest thing in your practice?
2: I would say is the business aspect in a lot of ways, because I could spend not 80 to 100 percent of my day not even doing law. So managing employees, we own our building. So doing some commercial building management, accounting work. I would say that could be some, you know, I didn't go to law school to run a business at the time. You know, I think I'm just going to be practicing law. But I found um, just the business aspect can be pretty challenging sometimes.
1: Uh, What would you say is the uh, best thing that you've learned from a defense attorney?
2: The best thing probably would be preparation and doing things a little earlier because it seems like some of the defense lawyers I've worked, I've gone up against some really good people and they seem to be pretty well prepared and just starting things earlier than putting things off later.
1: How do you get most of your cases?
2: I was fortunate enough to have a great mentor that had been practicing for over 35 years, and his name has some recognition in this community. So most of our clients are referral-based from past clients.
1: Do you do any mass tort work?
2: No. I like to stay in my wheelhouse, so it's mostly... Like I said, car accidents, dog bites, slip and fall. So we would re-refer those out typically.
1: Um, how many cases do you personally handle at a given time?
2: Usually in the 40 to 85 range.
1: And how long in California in your uh, jurisdiction does it take from the time you file to the time you go to trial?
2: So, the law says you have five years to bring it to an actual jury trial. Um, typically, though, a case that's filed on a lawsuit lasts about three years, just the way with the courts are impacted. It could go longer. The next trial I have next month is a, a 2018 case.
1: So, let me ask you if you are trying to get it to trial in five years and the judge can't get it to trial in five years, what happens?
2: Well, You would file a motion, a motion for preference, and typically the judge will grant that. If not, and you're sitting on it, that could be big malpractice claim.
1: That's not a statute of limitation. That is a court procedural requirement of being tried in five years. Have you ever had to do a mandamus action to force a judge to try a case?
2: No, I'm helping somebody. It's not my case, but there was an issue because with COVID, things kind of got put off. So their their trial date was supposed to be now, but with COVID, it got extended to January, but there's no trial date. There's not enough judges in this county. I helped them file a motion to be heard next month to find a judge. Essentially, there's these traveling judges that goes around that can hear cases. So we're hoping we can get a court date in before uh, July in that case.
1: Wow. It's a very interesting rule. We don't have a rule that puts you as the attorney at risk if the judge can't get it docketed and tried in time. Very interesting. Um, what other interesting, unique uh, court procedural rules do you have in your jurisdiction that might not be widely known?
2: Well, I, I get the main ones you have. Well, there's actually government claims that in California, if you have a claim against a public entity you have to file a special form. It's um, a government tort form, it's called. Mm -hmm. And you have to lay out your facts, your damages, and your theories of law against the, the public entity. If you don't do that, you file your lawsuit without filing the claim form, the government could come in and file a motion to have your case dismissed, and it will get dismissed if you don't do the claim form.
1: Now, is that with prejudice or without prejudice?
2: That would be with prejudice, meaning you get no other shot. Another wow. for malpractice.
1: Yeah, you, you are the uh, state that uh, uh, has the most interesting laws. We learned from California um, within the 40 to 100 cases that you have. How would you split them out between auto accidents, trip and fall, dog bites?
2: I would say 90 percent of my cases are auto accident cases. They're just a little bit more prevalent, it seems. Um, And then I'd say about 8% would be slip and falls. There is a variety of criteria I look at whether I even take a slip and fall case. And then I'd say 2% are dog bites.
1: Now, in um, your auto accident or your slip and fall cases, do you have the concept of bad faith actions against the carrier
2: Yes. In California, we have something called first party bad faith. So what that is, if say I get into an auto accident, the other person doesn't have insurance and um, I go against my insurance company and there's several things that they're doing improper, they're not treating me right. I could potentially have a bad faith claim against them. So it's it's called first party, meaning it's against your own insurance company that you'd have. a. a But you don't
1: have third party bad faith?
2: Non-California, no.
1: So what happens uh, in California? Let's say the policy limit's 100000 and you get a million-dollar judgment.
2: Then that the person I got the judgment against would have a, potentially, there's a lot of little nuance to it. The person that I got the judgment against would have a first-party claim against their insurance.
1: Is that assignable to you?
2: It is. It is assignable. So I could take those cases.
1: Interesting. So very different than how it's done here in Florida. Same result, different process. Yeah. So if okay. you were to tell the world why they should hire you as the man, the myth, the legend in Southern California, why would it be you?
2: Well, primarily, I am extremely hungry and I get really obsessive for better, for worse on these cases. So I get in like Batman. I like to know everything about the case. I go to the client's house. I understand how they live, what things they like to do. And I'm always available on via cell phone, email, whatever. I might not be able to have an answer right away, but I've gotten better at talking to people and listening and just say, let me research this or do what I got to do and and get back. But I, I get very, for better or worse, invested in these cases a lot of times. And I just enjoy doing it. I love what I do. Not everybody can say that. Like every day it's something different. I like talking to people. I like helping people. I think I actually do help people. I provide a a service and I'm pretty good at it. And I know a lot. So I feel like I have a lot to give to people in this industry.
1: Well, if you're in Southern California and you have a slip and fall, a dog bite case or an auto accident, look up Kellan. Well, thank you. Uh, This will conclude this uh, interview on Case Closed. Thank you for your
0: time.
2: Thanks for having me, Max. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of Case Closed, the Contingency Fee Podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's guests and their insight. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. Case Closed, the Contingency Fee Podcast, is led by industry experts who unlock insights from the nation's top contingency fee attorneys. Each week on the show, the guests share how they got started, secrets of their success, and what's working in today's marketplace. Guests on the Case Closed Podcast include successful contingency fee attorneys that will share their secrets so you can close more cases. Tune in each week for a dynamic conversation about winning legal strategies that will grow your business.